Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of kink. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters, Knight, Jay, Nova Hedonist, Tempest, Brianna Lynn, Nora Borealis, Fabe, and Embers. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast and recorded special scenes. And finally, Patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. Today's topic is aftercare. As we've talked about before, there are three important parts to a good BDSM scene. First part, the foundation is negotiations. As Cornerstone talk- of everything. Right. You need it, you need it, you need it. Right? And if you've missed it in our last episode, that's what we talked about. Negotiations. Afterward, you've got the scene itself. Which is also important. Well, yeah, because otherwise it seems pointless to do everything else if you're not actually going to have the scene. If you negotiate and then you forget to do the scene. I'm going to wonder about you a lot. Bit. Well, just because you've done the hitting or you've done the electro. See, I haven't forgotten about you. Thank you. Anytime. Or you've been suspended or wax or fire or whatever it is that you are going to do. Ice fucking. Oh, yes. That's right. You can't forget the ice fucking. <laughs> or fire fucking. I will do ice fucking before I will do fire fucking. Yeah. Done the fire fucking. I have to do the ice fucking. I got you. Okay. We're getting sidetracked. Anyway, now that all of that is done, it doesn't mean that your scene is over. Now we're on to part three. And aftercare. this can take a very long time. It can. It could be five minutes. It could be five days. It's part of the process and it should never be fluffed over because for a lot of people, it is a crucial, crucial part of the process. Definitely. Basically, what aftercare is, it's very simply the time that you and your partner take after playing to recover and see to each other's emotional and physical needs. It is basically doing whatever is necessary to get both of you back to your starting point. And I'm really glad that you enunciated the both part. Both people. Or all three, depending on what your scene is. Right. You know, you could whatever. But in this example, we're using two. It is also very important for the top. Tops can go into top space. Tops can also need aftercare. It is important to know that aftercare is not just for the bottom. It is for everybody involved in the scene. Now, a BDSM scene can be a very powerful thing. Even if you've done this activity a lot of times, every time it's going to be slightly different. How you react may be different. How your scene partner reacts. It'll all depend on what you're thinking and feeling at that given time. Even if it doesn't seem like that intense of a scene, you may still experience drop. Yes. So your body is going to have an actual physiological response to whatever you're doing in this BDSM scene. Because your body actually will have natural chemicals running through it from a scene. It is similar to getting high. I've been told. It is similar. I tell people it's my drug of choice. Mine too, actually. So you're basically going to have a chemical cocktail going on inside your body. 
it may cause you to go into subspace. You may not go into subspace. You may be flying higher than a kite. You may be like me and feeling hyper as I'll get out and bouncing off walls. Yeah, I don't do that. I'm more, I'm more likely to just fall over on the couch. Right. So some of what's going through your body at the time is endorphins. You might associate endorphins with exercise, but you can also get it from a BDSM scene. And it's what I often use to describe to people my impact scenes. It's like running a marathon. It's really hard at first, but then the endorphins kick in and you can just keep going and you're going to feel feelings of euphoria, a decreased perception of pain. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't run. I have never gotten euphoria from running. I don't do impact. Maybe Maybe that's related. Because I don't run. I happen to love running. It doesn't love me, but I love running. Oh my God. How do your tits handle that? As I said, it doesn't love me. I've run a 10K before. It was a dream. Nothing. And I still have a bucket list of wanting to run a marathon, but I'm running out of time. Is that part of uh, of your masochism running? Perhaps. Okay. But I will tell you the endorphin high that I would get from running is exactly like the endorphin high I get from an impact scene. Nah. (laughs) Uh, You can also get epinephrine from a scene, also known as adrenaline. Your body makes this when it is stressed out. It sees no difference between the flogging and, say, a bear. Your body does. Your brain knows the difference, difference. but your body is probably going oh, to a bear. <laughs> and then your body is like, oh, cool, a flogger. But like the chemicals in your brain are going to be like, mm, there's a flogger. Oh my God, that's a bear. I better get this person pumped up full of like, you know, de-stressifying chemicals. Mm-hmm. And with adrenaline, it can actually reduce the pain. So if your body is coursing with adrenaline, you might actually be able to take a lot more than you would without the adrenaline. Mm-hmm. There's also dopamine, the hormone associated with pleasure. I think there's serotonin also. All of these. It's why we call it the chemical cocktail. And it might actually, the dopamine might be why some people, like me, enjoy pain and others don't. So like for me, I would not get dopamine from pain. I would just get pain. Now you put all of these hormones together and you're going to have some really wonderful, yummy, positive feelings. And you might consider it kind of like having morphine. As I said, we've both talked about the fact that this is our drug of choice. I don't like not being in control. So the whole, except unless I need it, in which case, yeah, but I am normally very in control. So if I get high, then I'm not in control. However, it's different for me when I'm in a subspace high. Than a top space high. Or top space high. I've done that a few times. Mm -hmm. Not as often. I do go into subspace way more often and drop way more often from being a sub than a top, but I've definitely gotten top space. And it just, it feels better to me. Yeah. And and for me, I've done the top space, but not as much, but I'm also newer at topping. Right. But as far as subspace, my subspace looks very different and it looks very different depending upon if I'm doing rope or impact or needles or staples. But when I get that hyperactive subspace for me, I actually feel very hyper-focused very similar to top space. I'm very much aware of what's going on. I just feel like I'm looking down from above at everybody (laughs) while I'm doing all that. But the problem is, is what goes up must must come come down. down. And the rush of those chemicals leaving your body, 
otherwise known as subdrop when you're the bottom or, or top drop, they can be a little disconcerting. They can be terrifying. If you don't realize that's what's happening to you, yes. My first drop, I think I've mentioned before, I had no idea what drop even was. I had no idea what was going on. I, I didn't know what subspace was at the time. So I spent three days in subspace and my friend at work looked at me and was like, are you high? Because I was completely spaced out and floaty literally for three days after this scene. I said, I think so. I'm not sure, but it's not from what you're thinking. And then a day or so after that, I dropped and it was three hours of uncontrollable shaking, freezing cold and sobbing like I was being tortured. Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. I had absolutely no idea what was going on. And for me, I didn't recognize Subdrop when it first happened because my subspace doesn't look like what people traditionally think of as subspace. Yeah, I don't know what your subspace looks like. As I said, I get very hyper. Oh, that's you in subspace. That's me in subspace. So when you go hostess mode and you're like, oh, everybody needs something. I'm going to do this. That's your subspace? Yeah. You're a loon. I know. I've actually had sub drop after a munch. Huh. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Because I was so I was so hyperactive. I had all of these chemicals running through my body. Yeah, you had some serious dopamine going on. I do remember what you're talking right. about. Because I don't get that floaty, spacey feeling, I didn't recognize that what was happening was subdrop. Okay. Now I know. You can't entirely avoid subdrop, but aftercare can help. And you might be able to avoid the worst of it. And if you're lucky, you might be able to avoid it completely. Right. And like the, I think the biggest issue with mine that first time was it wasn't because he didn't check in. He did. It was, you know, one of my long distance things and it was uh, very far away. He was, um, there was a 14 hour time difference at the time. So it was really, really difficult for him to check in, but he did. I want to make sure that people know he did. He just wasn't aware that I would drop three days later because like I said, this had never happened before. I wasn't aware. So how could I express you need to get a hold of me, you know, three, four days from now? I had no idea. I've never had a drop or a subspace like that since. My sub drop typically takes place two to three days after. See, for me, it's almost immediate now. Like I'll get a little bit of the floaty feeling and it's great while it's happening. But ever since that one particular time, it's almost immediate. And mine's, again, because we're opposites. <laughs> when I first started in the scene, I got sub drop almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And I recognized it as sub drop because my body would start shaking. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'd be really, really cold and I would get shaking to the point of teeth chattering. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty bad. Actually, come to think of it, I think that first one, my teeth did chatter. I, I don't remember if it was from cold or just like my body going to shock or something, mm -hmm. but I do remember that. I've never had that experience since. I haven't dropped in a while because I've learned what to do. Right. And all the things we're going to be talking about. But the last time that I dropped, it turned me into a raging bitch. That's not hard. No, it wasn't <laughs> hard. Because remember, being a bitch is our kink. That's true. But it did. I, I got into such a fight with my dom at the time because everything he said I took wrong. Oh, at first, I didn't understand that was what was going on. I just thought he was being a bastard because he had those moments. Yeah. But it took about, I think it took about 45 minutes of arguing before he finally said, are you dropping? And I went, oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> so I think that's what's going on. I had a friend who was dropping 
and she called me after not being able to get a hold of her top. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to be closer. And I went to her and it uh, that was pretty severe. It was one of the most severe I've ever seen because it was days of seeing. I had to basically treat her like like it was a panic attack is what it kind of looked like. That and makes I sense. ended up wrapping my arms around her and squeezing her like because mm-hmm. that's sometimes what you have to do with a panic attack until she calmed down. And I wasn't strong enough to do it. I had to call somebody else in who was a hell of a lot stronger than me to come in and hold her. Total stranger, but it worked. When you're experiencing these feelings, it can be quite the shock, especially if you're not really expecting it. And especially if you've been riding this high for two or three days and then you drop. But this is where aftercare comes in and can really help you. It can help ease symptoms and it can bring you back down safely and comfortably. Aftercare also offers the top and bottom time to reconnect and reflect and even like just recuperate from the scene because a lot of the time it's the the top is working, especially in one of your impact scenes. Oh, yeah. I've seen what they do. That is work, woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, my tops get, I've scenes have been called more often because my tops got tired. Oh, come than on. Than because my ass gave out. Oh, come on. <laughs> Yeah, so in Rara's case, it's more like the top needs time to like ice their arm, put a little sling on because her ass broke something uh, that he tried to hit her with. And yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about reconnection and yes. what how that works in aftercare. You know, a lot of times the scenes include some role playing or head spaces. There might be humiliation, degradation, pain. And by having this aftercare, it gives both of you time to be together in a happy, positive place. I mean, here is somebody who's, in my case, just beat the ever-living crap out of me. Mm -hmm. So the ability to now be together in happy space. Well, I guess in my case, beating the crap out of me is my happy space. Right. But the top is going to need something (laughs) to be like, okay, she's not mad at me for beating the crap out of her. So you got to care for your top, bra. I do. So it reinforces the respect, friendship, and or love that the two partners have for each other. Right. It's in my case, for like a humiliation scene, if I'm being degraded in some way, I need to know that that's not what that person actually thinks of me. So that helps a lot. There's also the reflecting part. You can talk about the scene. This is the part where we talked about negotiations in the previous episode, where you say stuff like, okay, so that worked for me. That worked really, really well. That part didn't. Can we not do that part again? And this is where you add to your little book of me. Yeah. And it doesn't have to happen immediately after the scene. That's part of the debriefing process that can happen over the course of days. You know, aftercare is not limited to the 15, 20 minutes after the scene. That's just where it starts. Right. That part is more like actually caring for the psychological and physiological and physical needs of that person while they're coming down. It's later that you go over and debrief when you're not spacey, Mm -hmm. when you're not dropping. You want to be clear headed for that. Exactly. And then, of course, recuperation time making sure you're both drinking water and maybe getting some food. I know for me, one of the ways I recuperate after an impact scene is protein. I need meat. (laughs) Cheese doesn't work for me. It has to be animal protein. So uh, you're not a vegan, huh? No, I'm not a vegan. Okay. I like bacon. (laughs) Bacon, bacon, bacon. Uh, After an electro scene, like a private scene that I do, I offer a protein bar and a bottle of water. I always keep those on hand. As the bottom, I make sure it's there. So I might bring my own. I have gone to parties where I know that most of the food that's out there is snackable stuff. It's your cheese and cheese and crackers. It's salsa and chips. So I pack meat. 
I, I just pictured you uh, pulling out a Tupperware dish full of steak and uh, just like knife fork already in there. You're sitting in your onesie wrapped in your little blanket and you're like, okay, meat time. I'm going to eat this, motherfuckers. <laughs> what I actually usually get is uh, salami. Oh, I, I get salami. the packets of salami and I just sit and eat. You want to know where the best salami is? Oh, I do. Where? Chicago. Never been. Yeah, so next time I go, I'm going to bring you back some salami. They have this thing. It's like that big. Is it as good as like the Hebrew National who answers to a higher authority? I've never had that one. <gasps> but okay. I Girl, sh- it's an Italian fucking ginormous salami. Oh my God. You know what we need? Huh? A salami party. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like a sausage <laughs> fest? <laughs> All right. So you know what's going to end up happening now, right? But we're going to get people sending us different kinds of salami. Okay. <laughs> Will we get in trouble for that? If I tell, if I say, listeners, send us your salami, am I going to get in trouble for that? Okay. We need to be a little more specific about what type of salami. Okay. Because I don't want a bunch of dick pics. No, the edible kind? Like the actual like cured meat kind of salami, please. Okay. I don't want to actually see your (laughs) dicky salami. But yeah. Okay. I don't want pictures of the salami. That doesn't help me. I want it eat the salami okay but i think that's gonna be a little more difficult because like shipping actual goods okay fine then just send us your recommend send us your recommendations the best salami not the we're not so cured but not not the dick don't send me your recommendations for your dick okay thank you (laughs) okay thanks bye all right all right serious faces on okay so back to recuperation if there's any injuries that have occurred during this the scene you know like you have to clean up blood per se with a canvas in your case. Yes. <laughs> but that's where you do also the cleanup time. And if there's sometimes if you have accidentally because the intent was not to bring blood. But if there's a wound there or you need to put some Arnica gel on the different bruises, that's the recuperation time. For an aftercare scene after I top Electro, it's not necessarily all about the bottom. Because especially if I do, once again, if I'm doing a demo at like a really big convention, or if it's six hours at a party, I get some electrical burns on my arm like you wouldn't believe because I test every single implement, every single person, every single time. I turn it up even a tad. I'm going to test it on myself first. So my left arm is usually covered in like raised electrical, not burn, I would say, but it's a lot. There's a lot going on. I do it for hours at a time and I'm constantly tagging myself with the electro stem. I need aloe. I need stuff on my arm to help because after a while, when I'm coming down from top space, that shit hurts. I bet. Eventually the endorphins go away and you can start to feel everything again. Yeah. During the the demos and stuff, it's great. I'm like, all right, let's take more. My arm can take it. Afterwards, I'm like, oh, hell, what was I thinking? And for the bottom, you might have become very spacey. And now you've got to slowly come back to, unfortunately, reality and become more aware of what's going on around you. So some examples of aftercare. The number one that you hear about all the time is cuddling and food. Oh, yeah. Food. Sometimes we cuddle our food. You would cuddle a salami, wouldn't you? I would so cuddle a salami. I'm getting you a dang big ass salami. So people describe BDSM aftercare as cuddles and carbs. That is the best. I like that. I've never actually heard that. Oh, really? The other thing, too, is chocolate. Chocolate seems to be really big amongst bottoms. Okay, so it's the three C's of aftercare. Cuddles, carbs, and chocolate. Where does the salami fit in there? Because for me, it's the salami. Okay, so it's C's. Oh, the S. Yeah. So cuddles, carbs, chocolate, salami. (laughs) Please don't send us a chocolate-covered salami. Oh, yuck. (laughs) 
Though I've had chocolate covered bacon and that, my friend, is delicious. Okay. I'm going to take your word on that because honestly, I don't know. Okay. Now I have to make chocolate covered bacon for you. Okay. Let's have that for dinner. I don't know if I have chocolate, but I have the bacon. Okay. Because I always have bacon in my house. Of course you do. Several activities that are effective aftercare. Start with caring for wounds and injuries. And that could be top or bottom. Oh, yeah. No, you can get injuries, like I said before, as a top because, oh, my God, my poor arm after I'm done with six hours of electro. Yeah, it's at that. That's the time where any bruises, abrasions or other injuries are taken care of. You might need to clean areas. You might need to put Band-Aids on. Or in Rara's case, you're going to need like a vat of Neosporin to cover her ass. True. We should just have like a paintbrush ready with Neosporin and just go. Well, typically, in case anybody's wondering, what happens after one of my blood play scenes is most of the time I do it in my house, at my dungeon, at my parties. So I very kindly excuse myself to everybody and I run upstairs to my bedroom. And I take a quick shower with antibacterial soap, wash it all down, and then put on comfy clothes and come back to the party. Except for that one time that you were in a dungeon, a public dungeon, and you decided that the best thing for you to do while dripping blood was to run across the entire okay. place. Yes, but I got stopped. And that's see, see that subspace. Wise decisions would not have been made in that <laughs> subspace. In that case, what I did is just towels, my tops. I mean, blood play scenes require a huge amount of cleanup. Oh, yeah. Not just of the bottom, but of the toys. And also, like, if you're doing a scene that ends in orgasm, you have to clean that up, too. Yes, you do. There will be fluids. If there's fluids, whether that fluid is cum or that fluid is blood, fluid might also be sweat, tears. It might be pee, just in case somebody accidentally pees themselves. Right. All of this requires cleanup. So I highly recommend that you make a first aid kit, part of your BDSM aftercare kit. Well, first of all, have an aftercare kit. Yes. Have an aftercare kit that's designed for you. Specifically. Because again, I need salami. Not everybody does. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, I really want to put that on my aftercare bag now and just walk around with like a chunk <laughs> of salami. <laughs> I think that'd be amazing. What, what is that you're holding? Oh, it's just my aftercare salami. <laughs> aftercare salami. Oh my God. <laughs> that's never going to go away, is it? Salami. I'm sensing a graphic in my future. I think so <laughs> it's gonna show up on all social media, and people are gonna be like, "The fuck did they talk about?" I love it. We should make that a thing. Aftercare salami. Okay. That way we thing. know. That way we know our listeners are listening and talking to their friends about it and telling their friends about it. So I want you all to spread the word. Oh my god! About go. aftercare salami. Oh no. She's gonna make a hashtag, you guys. Hashtag aftercare salami. <laughs> Not aftercare chocolate, not aftercare kit. Our entire episode is now going to be defined by aftercare salami. Jesus. I'm going to be right back. Okay, so 10 minutes later, (laughs) we might still be laughing. Rara, my chest hurts. I'm sorry. That I'm not right. Guys, I'm not joking. I paused recording and it's been 10 minutes and we're still laughing. So I want to talk about replenishment. So let's be on just the salami. Stop it with the salami. (laughs) Okay, please. Serious face. Please. Some people may need water. That works for you. Like after Rara tortures me with uh, hashtags and makes me like laugh my ass off to the point where I'm about to pee my pants. I required some water. (laughs) At the point that I'm going with all the crying, 
uh, it might be Gatorade that she has to go get me next because yes. this is her fault that I've lost so much liquid here. <laughs> oh my God. Like you definitely need to replenish yourself because you could be sweating a lot during a scene. So you absolutely need to do that. Hydration after an electro scene is so important. I always, always either direct them to or give them water after a scene. And this is one of those things where little tip, get it before the scene even starts. And have the water bottles or the Gatorade, whatever they're drinking, have it ready to go. You may like a soothing cup of tea after a scene. It's also helpful to have a snack to bring balance back to your body. Ooh, peanut butter. Salami. No. (laughs) Do you you remember that time that we were both having a really bad day and you told me to come over and have dinner? And then the first thing you did was hand me a spoon and a jar of Nutella. Nutella. And it worked all right. Oh my God, it worked. Our poor friend was looking at us like we were insane. Yeah. Well, we get that look. So the snack should be something light and healthy, like bananas or strawberries to replenish your natural sugars that have come out during the scene. Uh Or cheesecake. Okay. Cheesecake always works. Yeah. No salami. I wasn't going to mention the salami. You were looking like you wanted to mention salami. So I'm just telling you, (laughs) there will be no salami on a cheesecake. No, that'd be wrong. Even I admit that would be wrong. No, thank goodness. Some people require uh, salty snacks to help boost the potassium levels. Ooh, saltines or pretzels would be super, super good for that yeah. because carbs to replace any energy right. that you've lost mm-hmm. and the salt. If you want to get really fancy, you can make a smoothie to deal with the blood sugar and the dehydration in one fell swoop. It's normal that your system's going to be in shock for as long as two days after a really intense scene. If you start drinking early and drink fast, and I don't mean alcohol. I was going to say that. I You're know. talking about water, right? Water, Gatorade, tea. It'll re- help rehydrate you pretty quickly, and that's important. Yeah, you want to get that done as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Physical contact, comfort, that's my big thing. It is actually not for Rara. Well, because I can't sit still long enough. Because of the way that your subspace works, yeah, I can see that. Mine, I, I do get the floaty, and I do get the... I remember like we talked about this before after my the knife play scene. I actually didn't want daddy. Aww. I wanted a different person. Okay. And she's oh, she's so lovely. She she totally understood and was like, okay, that's fine. I, I don't remember at this point how many times I had met her before, but I had met her a couple of times at different parties and we got along great. This part was not negotiated because in my spaced out sense of wherever the hell I was, she was just the person that I wanted. Okay. More specifically, I wanted my head on her boobs. I understand that. So I, I think I just walked over to her and was like, I need a hug. And I just like face planted right on her tits. And she was like, okay, sweetheart. I've had that happen to my tits before. Yeah. She just, I think she pulled me over to the couch, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And I just like cuddled up on her. And that was what I needed. Some people need orgasms after a scene, especially if you're doing a scene with, with your romantic partner. Right. You might end the scene in lovemaking and good orgasms. Fix just about everything. <laughs> you could also do a massage. Oh, massages are great. Yes, I do love me some massage. Uh, what I do like after a scene is having my warm aftercare blanket or a cozy robe. I have several aftercare blankets, mm-hmm. all in pink. Of course. Of course. There's one hanging behind her right now, you guys. <laughs> I like to be wrapped up in that. And then the other thing I need my aftercare bear. It's a stuffy. It's a stuffy. <laughs> I, also have, I also have a love bug stuffy. Oh, that's so cute. 
I don't actually cuddle any of my stuffies for aftercare. I do it when I'm sick. I do it when I'm sad. I don't know that I've ever actually grabbed one for aftercare mm-hmm. because to me, they're like, my in, okay, so my little space head, those are live. They're alive? Yeah, they have personalities. They all have names. Every single one of my stuffies has a name. So they're not involved in my scene. Okay. It's weird. My little head is different than my normal head. But I need contact. I need physical contact. My face needs to be against someone's skin, preferably the chest or belly area. On daddy, it's belly. Neck will do just fine as well. I like to burrow and kind of like squish my face into whatever it is. So if it's boobies, yeah, I'm gonna like, but on daddy specifically, my spot for him for aftercare is belly. See, and I'm really funny because I love physical touch. In fact, it's one of my love languages. My main love language is physical touch, but I'm just too hyperactive to do it after an impact scene. Mm Mm-hmm. And I cannot sit still long enough, even if it's a bloody impact scene. I cannot sit still long enough to cuddle with people. No, for that, you have to go shower. So this is why, for me, the stuffy helps because I'm able to cuddle with something that can travel with me. I, You know, I just thought about it when we were talking about it just now. I have not grabbed a stuffy for aftercare because mm-hmm. usually I'm either on the floor trying to get my face into whoever it is that's you know around me or if I'm at a dungeon, I just don't have them with me. Yeah, it's part of my aftercare kit is my aftercare bear or love bug and the blanket. And then I also bring comfy pajamas to change into because usually before the event, I put on something sexy Mm -hmm. and fancy. And then 10 seconds into the event, she's naked. Naked. And then after I finish my scene, I want to be comfortable and cozy. So depending upon the time of year it is, in the winter, I have onesies. And I I love putting on my onesies. Nothing is cuter than watching Rara at the end of the night. It's like 2 a.m. There's six of us left. Rara sitting on the couch holding a stuffy wrapped in a blanket, wearing fleece pajamas. Her hair is all washed and down and plastered to her head. Her makeup is off. It's actually pretty adorable. I get really cute. And then sometimes if the scene is really, really good and the party is really, really good, My hyperactivity is such that I start cleaning up after the party right then and there. And everybody is sitting on the sofa because they're exhausted, especially the tops Mm -hmm. who've been doing scenes all night. They're tired. And they're looking at me like going, you want us to help you? Yeah, I don't do that. I look at them and I'm like, no, you're good. You need to sit and rest. That's your aftercare. My aftercare is I got to clean. Yeah. Usually at a party, if I've been topping for six hours, I'm going to be like, go home. I'm not helping. I'm not cleaning anything right now. I'm going home. I'm going to bed. I'm going to face plant. Well, that leads perfectly into sleep. Need it. Love it. Which is what a lot of people need to help counteract all the exertion from whatever the scene was. Oh, yeah. Like I've actually known some people who after like after drop and for aftercare and whatever, so, so they avoid the drop, I suppose. They'll sleep for like 12 hours. I've had people fall asleep at the party, and I take no offense at it. After the scene, they're curled up with their partner getting their aftercare, and they fall asleep as part of it. And I take that as the highest compliment. <laughs> it means you had a hell of a good scene, and then I'm happy. Good. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like the sleeping for 12 hours. You can just snooze. You can. Or sometimes you can just hang around with your friends and talk and laugh. We do that a lot. And reminisce about all the fun that you've had. We do that for about two weeks after. After a really good party, like our chats are just blowing up and everybody is reminiscing and everybody is like checking on everybody else. Hey, that was um that was a pretty intense scene that you had with so-and-so. Are you good? Do you need anything extra? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That was awesome. I just slept for 12 hours. I'm good. It's also a really good time for the top and bottom to talk about the scene, what they liked, what they didn't like, what worked 
what didn't work. I know as a bottom, I want to hear some positive talk from my top. I want to know my top had fun. Yes. That they enjoyed it as much as I did. I know that I want them to tell me how much fun they had, what a good girl I was, how much they enjoyed it. And in reverse, when I'm the top, I want to hear it from the bottom. I just like being praised. Words of affirmation is my other love language. <laughs> yeah, that's a big that's a big part of it for me as well. I because I do such a niche type of play and edge play, it's really important to me to learn to grow, to know what you liked and didn't like and to be able to get more stuff. So like if you've done electro play with somebody else and you enjoyed something that I don't have, I freaking want to know what it is so that I can get it, use it, learn it. So that's another thing that I'm going to add to to aftercare as a top. When I start talking to people, I do it anyway, but I think I'm going to add it more officially now. I want to know what you liked and what you're going to want for next time. I'm the same way with as as an impact top. Which of these toys did you like and which didn't you like and why? Now, talking about criticism after the scene, because maybe things didn't go exactly right. Or maybe critiquing. Critiquing. I would save that for a couple of days after. Let everybody come down from their high. Mm-hmm. Let everybody reset themselves. And then you can start talking about things that maybe didn't go right, things that could be better. Maybe you find out, I thought I was going to like that toy. Uh, not so much. Save anything that might be perceived as negative for a couple of days after. And the exception to that would be if you have to read out, obviously, at that point, fucking tell them. Oh, absolutely. Don't save something like that for three, four days later. That's not what we're saying. If you need something to stop, do not hesitate. Right. And the other thing to that is, is if my bottom has read, I need to know why. So that, because that may change how I give them their aftercare. I mean, if you're reading because you have an injury, that's going to affect the aftercare because I have to deal with that injury. Yeah. That injury takes precedence over everything else, especially Mm -hmm. if in Robert's case, there's blood. Yeah. But to me, that's not injury. That's the goal. Uh, Yeah. But what if it's something that was unintended or a spot that was unintended? Correct. Like you like it on your ass. What if something misses and hits your leg? I've had blood on arm. Um, Arm, no. Okay. I've done blood play on my legs, my ass, and my boobs. Okay. And my stomach. I accidentally got somebody's ear once because we were doing a head scene and I miscalculated the head scratchy thing and where it was going to go because of- Head size is different on everybody. Right. And I, I just miscalculated on this person and I got her on the ear and she had piercings still in. And to me, ears are hell no. I don't care if you're into that or not. When electro play, that's a no. And I accidentally got her ears and we had to stop. So that took precedence for me. So some other things that you might want to look into in your aftercare kit is having headphones ready so that you can listen to your favorite music. Rara's got a playlist for just about everything that she does. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she has an aftercare playlist. My aftercare playlist is more music to keep my hyperactivity going Ah, because I like to dance and sing. So I like to da- if it's a really good scene, I'm dancing and singing during the scene. Oh, I've done that too. You've seen me. Yeah. I'm doing electro to somebody and I'll be like grooving to whatever the music is going. I'll actually do the electro to the beat. I do it with impact. Yeah, I've seen you. you and, and I don't even mean to, but especially if I've got like my punching gloves on mm-hmm. and I'm punching. Next thing I know, I'm punching to the beat, pretending their ass is, you know, my drums. <laughs> it's all good. 
<laughs> all good. So for me, it would be probably uh, more classical. Give me a good cello and some remixing on that. I'm good to that's go. That's going to put me to sleep, and that's not what I want. Okay, I've also listened to Apocalyptica after a scene, so yeah, it's either way for me. It just depends on where I'm at. Some people, for their aftercare, they like to take a nice warm bath, maybe a bubble bath, and just help relax. It's What you're looking for is things that help you come reset down. your body mm-hmm. and come down at a more gentle pace than an abrupt pace. You don't want to be yanked out of it. No. So maybe a nice bath bomb with the soothing, pretty spa music. Lights out. Scented candles. Mm, Now I want a bath. What about people that don't want aftercare at all? Then you shouldn't force it upon them. I don't want aftercare. So if I do a scene with you and I want aftercare, can I just be like, Robert, I need your boobies? Well, actually, as part of the aftercare for tops, because that's an important thing. So we've been talking about the fact that tops need their aftercare too. I mean, when you read about aftercare and people talk about it, the majority of the time they're talking about the bottoms. Tops need it too. They're going to have the same physical and mental fatigue that we do. They have the same chemical cocktail of hormones running through their body. Oh, I get wicked endorphins. It could be that they are physically exhausted. You hit somebody enough times and your arm is going to be really sore. Yeah, dang, that sledgehammer is so heavy. Shh, don't tell people we use that. Whoops. I know. They might also be coming to terms mentally with the fact that I'm hitting somebody. I mean, there's a whole lot of guilt involved with, I just enjoyed hurting somebody. Yeah. I enjoyed bruising somebody. And in my case, I enjoyed making somebody bleed. I experienced that a lot when I was working with my one partner who we were almost exclusively CNC, even though we negotiated it, even though we had specific things worked out where we could... Mm -hmm. um, make sure that we knew what we were doing and we had consented to all of it. It was a little bit rough the first few times. So the same chemicals, endorphins that lead to subspace can also lead to what we call DOM or top space. Right. But DOM space is going to look different than your subspace. You can still have floaty feelings as a top or a DOM. For me, they're not nearly as intense. I've heard it more described as being hyper-focused and hyper-vigilant. So instead of being floaty and happy and everything is fuzzy. It's the opposite. You might have tunnel vision. So everything outside of the scene is fuzzy. But within the scene, you are just hyper-focused. Yep. Thinking about that now, I can absolutely see that because when I am doing a really good electro scene, like it doesn't happen with everybody, but I can think of a few people that I work with more on the regular where I'm like, just focus in on them. There's nothing else. There is no other scene. It's me, my bottom and the music and the electricity. And that's my whole world. Right. Exactly. They're going to have the same issues where you go up. Now you're going to come down and it could be quite the crash for them too. So top aftercare looks very, very similar to the bottoms, right? You got your food and drink to replenish the body. That's when the aftercare salami comes in to play. (laughs) I sorry, I had Wait, to. So do you need salami for your aftercare for a top and a bottom? Yes. Okay, I would think that salami would be as a bottom and maybe bacon for the top. It's meat, so I'm good with that too. I'm still picturing you pulling out a steak and just going to town on I'm it. Not a steak eater. Okay, well maybe But the steak bacon, is for yes. Me. But I'll have a hamburger. Oh, yeah. I have been known to stop at the McDonald's drive-thru 
at three in the morning because it's 24 hours right. and get a cheeseburger after a night at the dungeon. I haven't done that after a dungeon, but I have done that after like something really intense, like not necessarily a scene, but I get what you're going with here. Yeah. So like, again, at work, my decisions are big decisions. It doesn't matter how small the decision is. It's I have to decide things and that's when it happens. So after a rough day where I'm stressed out, I need the iron. There you I go. need meat. You want to make sure that as the bottom, you're not forgetting to care for your top as well. I know you're thinking I'm the one who's been hit. I'm the one who's floaty and tired and all of that. But you still need to take care of your top too. And that means tops, you also need to put that in the negotiation. Exactly. You need to let people know you as a top need this. And it could just be words of affirmation from your bottom. You may need, if you text or call your bottom a day or so after checking on them, you need them to answer. And there should be no stigma around a top asking for top care. No. No judgment, no stigma. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you less of a top makes because you, a you top. need top care. I, I honestly, I think it makes you better because it makes you human. It makes you connected to the people that you're working with. It makes you able to reflect, like mm-hmm. we've said before, and, and make things better. Now, you had asked earlier, and I want to get back to it. What do you do if you and your partner's aftercare needs differ? Yes. And the answer is... You either suck it up or you find somebody else to help you. So for example, as a bottom, because I am so hyper, it is really hard for me to suck it up if my top needs aftercare. Mm -hmm. And John always needs aftercare or prefers aftercare, whichever, after we do one of our scenes. I cannot sit and cuddle with him. I'm sorry. Not that I don't love to cuddle with him. And during non-scene times, we can cuddle. After he's hitting me, I just can't. So his girlfriend, Blue, I make sure she's around. Yes. And Blue will be the one who will cuddle with him. I've done that a couple of times where the person gets off my table and I say, okay, so I'm not going to be able to give you aftercare. You have somebody here for you, right? Mm -hmm. And if they don't, you know, my daddy will sometimes do it if they're close. Like if he knows them, he's happy to provide aftercare for them in the form of a snuggle. And when I'm topping though, I suck it up because I feel it is my responsibility to make sure that my bottom gets whatever they need. So if my bottom needs the cuddles, then I will just suck it up. Not that I don't love cuddling with them. It's the hyperactivity issue that I talk about when I say suck it up. I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. I get over the fact that I'm hyper and I make myself sit and cuddle my bottom for however long they need me to cuddle them. And then you get up. And then I get up and start bouncing again. Go nuts. There we go. Now, sometimes I will top somebody who has a partner and then I can just let them get their cuddling from their partner. Right. And it's fine. That's actually in one of my negotiation questions is, do you have someone that can give Mm -hmm. you aftercare if I cannot? Right. And then sometimes you get lucky and your needs meet perfectly. So simple beauty is like me. She doesn't really need aftercare. So we'll finish the scene. It doesn't matter how big it is, how bloody it is. We hug. And we go our separate ways. (laughs) And I go, I mean, she she sticks around and helps me clean up the blood. But then afterward, after everything's all cleaned up, she goes and she smokes her jewel and I go shower and we're good. (laughs) Yeah. So daddy needs cuddling as much as I do. He needs to hold me to know that I'm okay. And so like, again, our needs line up perfectly and it's beautiful. Let's talk about the timing of the aftercare. Because everybody thinks of it as the 15, 20 minutes immediately following a scene. And we've already talked about it can extend well beyond that. Right. Uh, I have friends who require check-ins for X number of days. 
and it will be part of when they negotiate the aftercare. It's like, you need to check in with me by text or phone, whatever you work out for the next three or four days. And here's the thing. If you are negotiating with a top who says, sorry, I don't do that. Then you say, okay, thank you very much. Bye. And you walk away. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong. They're just not right for you. Yeah. And that's a big deal to understand. It's kind of like you can have a person, a friend, but they're not your person. Or like I had a daddy, but they weren't my daddy. They weren't right for me because our shit didn't line up. So when I do a scene, if I'm telling someone, I've, I've honestly, I've never had anybody say that they need more from me for aftercare for electro from a party simply because they're really short scenes and I don't get into the big stuff at parties. One person needs a lot of aftercare even from that 15 minute scene from a party because that's just how the electro affects her. And I have somebody ready to go for her. It's perfect. Yeah. And keep in mind again, you might not need that aftercare right after the scene, but you do need it two or three days later. Right. And you should hopefully have a relationship with your top that you can do it. And hopefully you're aware of it. Because you may not be aware that you need aftercare three days later from a certain scene. This is the risk of when you do pickup play and you meet somebody for the first time at the dungeon and you have no prior relationship to them and you do a scene with them. This is why negotiating your aftercare is essential because it's possible you will never see this person again in your entire life. And now you're dropping two or three days later and you're screwed. And that's when you need somebody else to be your aftercare person. Because if you can't get a hold of that person because you did pick up play with them at a dungeon, at a house party, at a whatever, and you go back home, that person does not know how to get a hold of you. So it may be a good idea to have somebody else. I've done that. I've had a friend who was going through drop. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in the middle of the day, while her dom was in business meetings and could not be interrupted. Right. And I was her aftercare surrogate. Oh, that's a good word. I was able to help her. Until he got done with his business meetings and could help and could work with her. Right. Yeah, that's important. I actually like that term a lot. Aftercare surrogate. Yeah, I've done that. Like I said before, the person who couldn't get a hold of her, um, her dom, I actually went in instead. Now, even though the dominant is the one who typically initiates the aftercare, there's nothing written in stone that says the submissive can't be the one to do it. So submissives, bottoms, be on the lookout. If you see signs that your dom or top seems to be dropping, give them some aftercare. Give them a salami. Oh, there we go. Can you imagine? Oh, you're, oh, oh, honey, you're dealing with some with some drop here. Have an aftercare Have salami. salami. <laughs> <laughs> honey, I noticed that you were feeling kind of iffy about the other day, so I went and got you a salami. And there the person's go. like, oh, you I'm really, a vegetarian. You do love me. <laughs> no, that would be what you would say. But I'm thinking somebody's like, but I'm a vegetarian. But Rara and Dara said aftercare salami is the best. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes different. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, other thing to keep in, in mind is that your aftercare may be different every scene, every time. Because you're different, you know, and the scenes are different. So do you have a different kind of aftercare if you do um, staples versus one for uh, impact? No, because it's the same. Anything pain inducing tends to make me hyper. 
rope suspension though sometimes okay yeah because it mellows me here's where it gets really specific and again this is why it's important to know yourself if i'm at my house at my party i'm still hyper no matter what i do because of the energy of the party and because of my responsibilities as the party host which i love i mean the exhibitionist in me the extrovert in me loves it so i'm hyper but if I'm at somebody else's house and I'm doing a scene, I don't have the same responsibilities because I'm not hosting. So if I do a rope suspension scene, it might make me very chill and very mellow. And in which case, I'm much more likely to want to be wrapped up in my blanket with my stuffy sitting on the sofa cuddling with somebody. Instead of going bonkers and cleaning? Instead of going bonkers and cleaning. You ever clean somebody else's house from, from that after a party? No. Huh. I don't know that I have either, but it seems like something I might do. I mean, I help at friends when I'm at friends' houses. I'll help them because I know I, I hate to leave it for them. To, I know what it's like hosting a party and it's three o'clock in the morning and your last guest may or may not be leaving yet. And you've got this huge mess. That's probably why I've never done that because I'm usually way dead before three o'clock. Yeah, you, you don't keep the hours I keep. I do not. Yeah, I've had parties where my last guest left at four or five in the morning parties where my last guest didn't leave till 9am the next morning because they crashed at my house. Does that still actually count as the party is still going if they're asleep? I don't know. <laughs> it's a guest and Rara's hyper because there's a guest in her house. So that's so, sure yeah. that counts for her. Yeah. You know, this is why every time be aware of how you feel, what worked and what didn't work to bring you out of out of whatever you're feeling, whether you're in top drop or, or, or sub drop, so that you know for next time. And when you start negotiating with people about your aftercare needs, you're prepared and you know what to ask for. Yeah. And again, I'm going to state that you should probably have your own kit ready. Excellent idea. Figure out what it is you need. So some final thoughts on aftercare. Whether you're the submissive or the dominant, the bottom or the top, you might need aftercare and it's okay. And you can and definitely should ask for whatever it is that you need to get you back to your whole self after a scene. And it should definitely be a part of your negotiations before the scene even starts. And it's also okay if you say, I'm good now, if an hour later you come back or the next day you reach out and say, okay, I'm not so good now. Now I need some aftercare. Right. And you should not engage with anyone who is not prepared to provide aftercare because it's part of the scene. The scene does not end with the final flick of the crop or the final touch of electricity in my case or the final hit or coming down from the rope. It's not over. Aftercare is definitely always a part of it. And if the person says like rah rah, nah, I don't need aftercare, still probably a good idea to check. <laughs> every time. So it doesn't matter what the aftercare is going to look like or how much energy it requires. If you need it, ask for it. And if your partner needs it and asks for it, give it. Thank you for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail and maybe it will be shared in a future episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife at the handle Pink Kink Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast, and hang out with other pink kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to help support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast. Even if you can't show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. 
You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review Pink Kink on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The five-star reviews really help. Don't forget to subscribe to Pink Kink so you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted.